0: I'm Marcus Pibworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Ministry of Change is a project in which I'm travelling around the UK exploring mental health. I'm exploring my own experiences with depression and anxiety and speaking to other people about their experiences. I'm connecting with people and projects that are either directly or indirectly having a positive effect on the way that we view and talk about our mental health. And I'm looking at how the way that we have structured society impacts our mental health and the possible systemic changes we could make to create a world in which everybody can be themselves and really thrive. The focus of today's podcast is going to be on mental health in the workplace. As um, recently I went down to London to meet James Routledge, who's the founder of an organisation called Sanctus, whose area is really around um, helping people with mental health in the workplace, And changing the brand of mental health and looking at sort of growth and values when building a business and how to keep that in line with well-being um but first i thought i'd just share a little bit about uh sort of um about myself um yeah i I don't know i just i I just thought i'd share this journal entry that i wrote because i feel that it shows definitely a side to ministry of change which i'm not sure always comes out um i'll just read it that's so it's from today i'm recording this on the 21st of january and here it is life seems hard today i feel all over the place so stressed and anxious i cried in the bathroom i had a mini breakdown over lunch with Mum and dad and grandma around and had a voice in my head all morning just repeating the mantra you're shit at everything you're shit at everything I've just meditated for half an hour, and then slept for a bit in my bed. I think it helped a bit. I sometimes get the impression that people think that Ministry of Change is a journey about exploring some experiences of something that happened to me in the past. That's simply not the case. It's about exploring feelings that are very much alive for me. It's a slow process. Some days I feel on top of the world, and maybe even start to think these feelings are a thing of the past. Other days, like today, it seems hard to think that I have any sort of grasp or understanding of anything. Every day is a new day, and every day brings with it a different version of myself so I just wanted to share that because i i don't know I, I feel it's important. I think there's a lot of focus around sort of people who sort of project this image that they've reached a destination they show this sort of like top of the iceberg they've gone through a process and now they've reached destination. But like, I think it's really important to really show the journey that goes there. The real, the, like the, the painful bits and the dark bits and to show that actually, I don't know if there ever is a destination. I think like it's all the journey and it's always a process of learning and exploring and continually sort of gaining a greater understanding of an awareness of your emotions and your feelings. Like, um, as I said, this is actually the diary entries from this morning well um, maybe not I mean that was about an hour ago that I uh, no but a bit longer than an hour ago that I wrote that but actually I don't feel like that anymore I feel alright so not even every day it's not the whole day that that I'll experience it's just momentary but I don't know those sort of experiences would have at some point very, like in the recent past sort of crippled me for weeks or months but now they sort of come up and they don't last as long but they're still there and they're still present there's still something you have to grow through so this isn't a journey uh showing you this is what i came through and this is how to get there it's a journey of saying like let's all just share a little bit more about ourselves how we feel and uh, yeah and maybe we can get through this together and we don't need to cure ourselves we don't need to be sort of better versions of ourselves we need to just be comfortable with who we are and comfortable with sharing that and then i believe that is where real change in the world will happen and is already happening but anyway that's enough about sort of me i'd like now to like just move on and go into this conversation with James Routledge about um the importance of mental health in the workplace and what they've been doing and what has been happening in, in in workplaces around mental health and the importance of that and um okay well i'll just let you have a listen i'm the founder of a company called
1: sanctus which is on a mission to change the perception of mental health and enable people to become their full self Currently, we're in Shoreditch, We are in the T building, um, in a space called Us to Adventure, which is home to Sanctus HQ.
0: Good. Well, thanks for having me down here. Um, thanks for having me on the
1: on the podcast. Yeah,
0: no, it's good. I mean, I, I feel like what we're doing is quite aligned, and your, your names come up quite a few times. That's cool. Sanctus, Sanctus. So I thought I'd <laughs> come down and yeah, and yeah. So thanks for having me in this lovely room. Um, well. I don't know, just tell me a little bit about, sort
1: of. I don't know, where should we start? I could your story, like, what brought you to sanctity? Yeah, um, gosh, where do I start? Um, I came out of the womb, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I suppose for me, mental health started, I mean, always had mental health, obviously, and always, you know, ups and downs in, in life and all that sort of stuff, but really in, like, a considered way, I think the time I really first felt mental health um, and kind of realised in that case that there was something not quite right was uh, probably a couple of years ago after I shut down a business that I started straight out of university. So I did that for three and a half years, kind of all guns blazing, as you can imagine, like swashbuckling entrepreneur around London trying to trying to sell this business and, and, and kind of, you know, make it into the next big thing and, and all that sort of stuff with the pressure of investors and and the pressure I was putting on myself and when we finally kind of threw in the towel on that business, um, I found, kind of found myself back with my parents for a bit, I'm just kind of in shock really, like what, what the fuck's going on in my life and, and it was then that I really felt like there's something not quite right. In, in me uh, for me it was like I remember just feeling my heart just like beating really fast or it felt like it was beating really fast um yeah and that's the first time I really felt my mental health and then from there it was kind of a journey of I suppose of about a year really to 18 months of, of not feeling good about myself like not not being in a good place and just not being myself like I was I think the image or what how I know myself to be is kind of like... Charismatic, energetic, you know, like friendly, outgoing. And I just, I wasn't quite being that guy. I was feeling, I was like a bit bitter and a bit twisted and um just like a lot, like caught up in thought a lot, lots of like self doubt, none of which I was vocalizing. And then that was kind of, I was then, that meant that I was kind of portraying myself in a very different way. I was very much putting up a front, trying to be someone. Um, Yeah, and just maybe not not being the real James or what I think is the real James anyway. Um, And under the surface of that kind of that big front and that big, that bravado and that ego, there was, yeah, there was like crippling anxiety really or it became crippling anxiety. Um, You know, sweaty palms, not in the stomach, dry mouth. These are kind of things I was feeling in a small way at first, kind of every day or every other day or whatever or once a week to, to the point where eventually it was like every single day I'm waking up like not feeling right basically um, then I started to kind of get like get the odd panic attack as well and they were quite scary because they're pretty like physical and yeah it was it was at that point that I was like right I mean I can't ignore it any longer like there's obviously something not right here with my mental health Um, i'd hit google i'd done the searching i typed in my symptoms and gone on those nhs websites and all that good stuff and the charity websites which kind of made me feel even worse if i'm honest like see well i just like seeing words like disorder and illness and um all these labels i think i was really afraid of of being associated with those labels like i think the genuinely like the brand of mental health yeah. like really pushed me away I, I didn't want to be a charity case I didn't want to be I don't want to be seen as broken or a freak like I knew that I was just a guy going for a tough time um, so I was really put off by all those all those labels and pretty much every bit of language and terminology I saw across the internet and across the world associated with mental health, I just didn't want to be a part of. Um, so that pushed me away from opening up even more, to be honest. Um, you know, all the images are like people were crying on the stairs with their head in their hands and dark and the word stigma like etched in a notebook in blood or something (laughs) and and it's all so desperate and uh and scary and i just didn't yeah i just didn't want to tie myself to that um so it just made me yeah it was it made me less even less even more reticent actually to to share anything um and yeah for a while it kind of turned me away even more and, and then obviously the things that i was doing probably weren't good for me whilst i was trying to avoid those feelings of pain and discomfort it was you know i had a good time but i was like i was drinking a lot going out a lot of the weekends um you know probably getting myself in relationships that weren't weren't healthy either i um, just doing a lot of things that that i was doing to distract myself or avoid myself feeling anything really because what i was feeling was quite uncomfortable um, until the point i kind of basically, like, wrote a blog post and just just opened up pretty publicly in the end.
0: What what led you to take that step? It's quite a big step from going from sort of burying it to publishing something. I I always
1: wonder if that's just part of, like, kind of, like, my personality a little bit as well. Like, I think I am a bit... I do kind of seem to to jump into things with two feet, you know, Um, and going from not really being open about anything at all to then being... Publicly open across social media is pretty, is a pretty big step, and I think to some people they're like, "Whoa, I could never do that." Um, I think to be honest, for me, like, once, especially once I started to get have panic attacks, it just became so obvious to me that was something wrong. I, I was really uh, they really did scare me because they were so physical in my body, like you know, really feel like the the, the heart, the out of breath, the, the heart pounding literally sweating like you know it could really really feel it um like probably more a more intense physical kind of um manifestation of an emotion I've ever ever felt in my life and I think when I started to have those something just clicked in my head of like you gotta do something about this like you can't you can't go along not saying anything or talking to anyone um and I did have a couple of like Brief conversations with people around me Um, they weren't like me massively opening up and like you know ended up in tears like my flatmate I remember explaining it telling him what had happened a couple of other people I like mentioned it to I kind of scratched the surface of it and I don't know I think I think for some reason the blog post felt safer for me writing it in a blog post felt easier than having a conversation with my mates if I'm really honest and being able to just Hit publish and put it out there, and kind of distance myself—not distance myself from it totally, but be behind my phone, like, and not be there in that in that really vulnerable um, place of like actually having a conversation with someone face to face. Felt a lot easier for me, um, and I was really fortunate that it went—it was kind of really well received, and I got a lot of amazing response from it because that obviously then made me feel really. Um, good and connected to people it made me it didn't make me feel ashamed at all i was i was almost i was actually proud i wrote it um and and to know actually that i had i had a bit of an impact on others as well made me feel even better um so i kind of got this twofold: like wow i've helped myself and i've helped other people so that just felt great and i think yeah the blog post definitely gave an element of safety to, to doing that um, and, you know, I was chatting to people on WhatsApp about it and Facebook Messenger and all this, all like so and email and all this, this deluge of response that came in. Um, and, yeah, to know that other people were feeling the same as well or had felt the same again made me feel like I wasn't a weirdo. I was just a normal guy, a normal human. Um, and that's so that was a big shift. You know, that blog post, I would, I would genuinely say it was, has been a, will always be a big uh, moment in my life, I think
0: so how, how did you sort of harness the momentum that that blog post um, generated and um, yeah so what did that mean
1: yeah to? and it was definitely was momentum that's the right word to use like I felt like I had I'd created something in just one blog post I felt like I'd done something like really big and I remember I wrote in my journal because um, I had been journaling in fairness that had been one space I had been opening up I'd been kind of writing in this journal I'd never actually heard of journaling <laughs> to be honest but just writing in a journal felt just natural to me anyway and that was actually a really that was a really safe space for me to say those things that were in my head because it's just a blank piece of paper um, and in my journal that night when I published the blog post I remember writing um, I feel like I've created more value in a blog post than I have in three years building my own bit my old business um, just because I felt like it had really done something um, and it felt like as well there was all these people that I don't know if they were expecting anything of me, but, like, I felt like I'd just built a bit of a, whether it's an audience or, like, a community almost, like, of people that really cared about what I'd, what I'd written. So I just kind of wanted to follow up on that. And a few things came out of the woodwork. Like, I got asked to write a post in The Guardian. Um, so that came to me. It came quite organically to me. And a few things happened like that. I got asked to do a few talks um, and panels and stuff like that. Uh, I think that just goes to show when you when you do something that really aligns with with kind of your passion and like and your values the world kind of seems to feel that too and it kind of things gravitate towards you and I definitely felt opportunities come to me that otherwise I definitely wouldn't have but at the same time I did then just think right I'm just going to kind of keep going so I just kept writing about it basically.
0: And it must show as well like, that you wrote that particular blog post and it got such a response that there's such a need for that. There's obviously people that's resonating with people and perhaps they're people that are also... Yeah, experiencing and, and, that don't, and don't get me wrong,
1: that was really important yeah. because if I'd not felt that yeah. intense pull, would I have kept going? And I think it was the fact that so many people did respond in, and they were sending me really heartfelt, emotional you know emails and, and responses you know I did feel obliged to continue I don't I think I could have just sat there and, and let that go so who knows if, if nobody had responded to that email where would I be now I don't know but yeah definitely the fact that I felt such a need um, and such a like a an opportunity and I don't mean that in like a predatory business way I mean that it felt good to do that, right? Like, that level of connection through all those people who are really passionate, who are really emotionally bought into a topic, that, that felt really exciting. So that I knew there was this one hand of like, um oh, there's actually, there's people here suffering in silence that, um, you know, need to kind of be served better. But there's also actually, you know, this feels good. This this writing in this way that's very raw and open and and, and authentic feels good for me and it feels good for people to read. So... You know, there was something in that to just keep doing that. Um, so yeah, just, just kind of kept going really, just writing, talking, speaking and just, yeah, it became like a, a passion project pretty much um, until things kind of started to just gain even more, not even more momentum, but I, I started to feel like I wanted to do more um, and I think that's maybe when I kind of was getting back to centre, really. Um, I've never really used the word recover before, actually, but I probably was recovering yeah. um, and getting back to what just just James kind of James normal James felt like um, because of this connection, you know, and these conversations I was having with people. I didn't have any therapy or anything like that. I genuinely just think I kind of crowdsourced it. Um, and I think when I got back to centre, that's when the kind of entrepreneurial business brain kind of kicked in, and I was like, "Look, there's obviously some, there's a problem here. You know, there's a problem that needs solving. Like, um, and it's a it's a really big one. Um, so I think that's when that began. Um, so,
0: what was that? What, what what was the next step after that? Was that? Well, I think that,
1: sanctus? yeah, I think there's a few things I felt. I think that. I'd come out of a business before, right? And in the business before, we'd made a lot of mistakes. And that's what I'd been burnt from. And that played a definitely a big part in my the knock in my self-esteem. And it made me really question why I started that business, who I was trying to please, what parts of myself were was I showing to the world. Um, it made me really like look at my ego big time. Because um, my ego had, had kind of been... Smashed into the little tiny fragments. Um, so, I was anti-business for a long time. I was, you know, I was like, I'm not ready to go back in. And I was definitely anti-business. I was def, I was anti, you know, build a business for the sake of. it, I was anti raising investment. I was very anti, um, you know, build a really big business fast and sell it for loads of money and all that, which is the general mantra we hear about at the moment. Um, but. And then felt this really big problem. So it was kind of had these two conflicting things of like, shit, I do not want to go down the same path that I've just travelled, but I really want to travel this path. Um, so I had no intention of starting a business, if I'm honest. I just wanted to continue this as a side project. Um, and I was fortunate that I could do that um, in the job I was in. I wanted to keep writing about it. and And to be honest, like, it just came to me, like... I was just passionate and I just believed that just simple things, well what seems simple to me now, like we all have mental health, um, it's a spectrum that we're all on just like physical health and actually the thing that no one talks about, even more so than no one talking about mental health, is the fact that you can have good mental health. And and that was that when I when I was saying that to people in conversations, people's eyes were lighting up like they seemed to be really buying into what I was saying. Um, and I remember one day on a panel that I was on, I just kind of blurted out that I wanted to that we should have a mental health gym on the high street. That's what I said. I was just like and one. I remember just being like really off the cuff, like I don't know who I think I am, just being like, and one day we should have mental health gyms on the high street. And like I, it's like I felt the whole room just turn and look at me as if I just said something that was like clicked with everyone. And that's when I kind of thought, shit, like, that's actually a real thing that um, I really believe in. I feel like the world needs... I feel like the world, world's heading that way. Um, I feel like if we can change the perception of mental health so people view it not only as this thing that's associated with mental health issues and anxiety and depression and bipolar and all these mental health conditions but if people start to see it as related also to you know, self-improvement and performance and being the best version of you and authenticity and vulnerability empathy, joy, self-awareness all these really positive things if we can associate mental health with that and kind of change the image of it then actually that's going to make it a lot easier for us all to be more educated on mental health and actually if you are suffering it's going to make it easier for people to get help so win-win I think it's
0: so hard for people to talk about it in the first place. It's, I mean, I'm, a, I'm aware that it's something that affects sort of everyone. Yeah. And the more I speak to people, the more I realise that it's, yeah. it is something that either affects someone directly or they know someone. Or other. And, I, and I still I, I wonder what it is st- that yeah. makes it so hard.
1: I think, to, if I'm honest, I think it, without really oversimplifying it, it is hard to talk about it, right? Like, the the thing with... If you want to train your biceps to get stronger, you li- you do bicep curls and you endure the pain of lifting that weight up and down and your biceps get stronger. In mental health, it's kind of the same, right? If I want to if I want to improve my mental health, I have to talk about and work through the stuff about me or as that's happened in my life or my personality traits that And I have to endure the pain of doing that, right? And that can, in some cases, can be extremely painful. It can be like really emotional, intense, raw, intimate stuff. So doing the actual work on your mental health and talking about it is fucking hard, right? Like it's stuff that maybe happened in your childhood. It's things people have said to you. It's things that you think about yourself. You have to say sentences that come into your head that you never ever thought you would say out loud to anyone and that is really a really hard experience so i do just think in general talking about your own mental health is exposing and you have to be willing to feel exposed and to be vulnerable and vulnerability is not easy to swallow for a lot of people so i think that's what makes it hard it's the vulnerability like people don't feel okay to be vulnerable and to talk about their mental health. They feel like they're going to get be judged. They feel ashamed of saying the things that they think that no one else in the world is, has ever thought. So, I, and I always look at this word stigma, right, which, which, gets, which is bandied about everywhere. Stigma, like, means in Latin, scars, right? It means, like, wounds. And that's what it is. It's not, it's not that there's this, like, 1984 institution called stigma, it's the fact that we've all got stigma. We've all got things that have happened to us in our life that make mental health that affect our personality and affect who we are. And they are difficult to talk about and i think it's it's every single one of us individually that's not talking about mental health. That that's how i see it. i think we've all got yeah, we've all got things that we're hiding from maybe some more than others and and that's what makes it hard because it is. It's you have to really show something about yourself to talk about mental health. You have to give something away. And in the world we live in now, most people, or most of us, only show a tiny fraction of who we really are. Even though we're the most connected generation of all time, um, which is a, which is complete madness. But it's true. Like we show only a little bit of ourselves. Like in a city like London, it's like, what do you do for a living? And that's what most people lead with. I, I am defined by my work. To to then start to talk about your mental health, you have to then bring in. A lot more about yourself and your personality, and that's difficult.
0: I'm really interested in that. We're so connected to each other, we exist in these sort of uh, bubbles that we all know so well, we all hear about all the time nowadays. And, yeah, but so we're connected with each other and to people that think the same as us more yeah. and more, and yet you would think that would start to create a world where people. Sort of feel more deeply connected to people, but it seems to be the opposite effect. And I think,
1: yeah, I think in a way we've got more connections than ever before, but I feel like people probably feel more alone than ever. Um, and we're, on the one hand, yeah, more more followers, more connections, but much less intimacy and much less real human connectedness. Um, and look, like people will 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 blame social media for that. Um, I don't necessarily think that's fair. Social media is just a part of our world, like the TV and like books and all other forms of media. Um, say, and the internet's just a, a thing that we use and, and creates an incredible amount of good. Um, we've made that choice, like that's, ha- and, and we can choose not to do that as well. Um, but it's certainly the way that a lot of people seem to feel right now. I think people seem to feel, in general, fairly isolated, um, and that's not everyone, but. Yeah, people. People are definitely feeling the effects of having a life that is kind of um, lived on stage. You know, like sharing all your every movement and every every event you do with, with thousands and thousands of people, comparing yourself to others, judging yourself by how many likes you get on a photo. Um, and look, like I still do that now a little bit, and, it, and it's it's definitely difficult to move away from. But the world we live in now is is almost certainly having an effect on people's mental health and there's no uh, there's no coincidence that, you know, the way technology's penetrated our society um, and then the rise of mental health issues, there's is, is obviously a clear link. Yeah,
0: it frustrates me. I'm so aware of it, but still I, like, I sort of crave those likes on my Instagram. Yeah, well, the, the way I
1: see it is basically what social media has done has made life a thousand times more intense so like if you don't like I always think the thing I always look at on photos about myself is my hair right and back in the olden days if I had a bad hair day like I wouldn't know if I'd have had a bad hair day sort of thing and that little insecurity about myself might not crop up that often it might only crop up like two or three times a year let's say now your insecurities and the things that maybe you don't like about yourself or the things that you maybe yeah, just, are just really conscious of or these conversations you have in your, your head, you could they could be flared up or triggered 10 times a day when you get your phone out. Mm-hmm. So social media has just made our lives so much more intense and brought to the surface so many things that we think about ourselves. And for a lot of people, that's really, really hard. And that's the same with the way we work. work in open plan offices we you know it's just the world has changed so fast in the last 10 years. I genuinely think people's brains and their mental health hasn't hasn't evolved to keep up with it. I, I don 't feel like we're ready and able to live in the world that we live in right now.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I wonder how this would affect the younger generations as they come up, because I remember school was enough. For me, <laughs> yeah, I felt it was hell anyway. And yeah. the social anxieties and the fear of doing yeah. something wrong and not fitting in—they're so big—and you didn't have the ability to.
1: And that's going to be even more it. rich now. Yeah, that's gonna—the colour's been, ter- the volume's been turned up on that ten times. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's definitely it's something that we just have to be aware of. And I I don't I think I'm always I'm not I'm not in the. The, the court or the ballpark of like we need to change the world we live in. The world we live in is going in a certain way, right? Like I don't think we're stopping that. We're not stop. We're not going to stop virtual reality or Snapchat streaks and all that sort of stuff. Like it's just going. That's going to keep going and for the better. Like on the most the net net the net uh, net positive. It's usually in terms of the, the technology. Pretty much always is, does more good than bad. I think we, as a human race, have to learn how to to deal with it, and I feel like that's where, you know, developing this strong sense of self is like so important because the world is only going to get more connected, more, you know, more information. It just it's going to get more intense. It's going to get more exhausting. There's going to be more notifications, and I feel like we, as as individuals, are just going to have to have, we're going to have to know more about ourselves to deal with that.
0: I'm really interested. One, well, one of the things I was interested in coming to London today was because a lot of the stuff I've been exploring has been around sort of creating more space, slowing down, mm-hmm. getting out into nature, and so yeah. to come to London, they're all things. From my assumptions, are that they're all things that are much harder to achieve. Hundred percent, London, and I'm wondering. Yeah. So, like, you're obviously much more of an expert in that area, yeah, than I am. So, like, what, what, I think
1: big opinion? cities add to it as yeah. well, right? Like. London is, London is a concoction for bad mental health. Busy tubes, uh, you know, the rat race, um, less human interaction, a lot of people moving down here for career, financial instability, um, the kind of dog-eat-dog dog world of, of, of work. So, yeah, it's like a, a breeding ground, if anything, for, for, for difficulties with, with your mental health. So you know something again, we're going to have to. People have to work out how to thrive in this environment.
0: Because they're not going away. How
1: are we going to change that environment overnight? It's not. It's only going to get more like that. London is only going to become. Look outside. There's thousands of cranes everywhere. It's only going to become a bigger, bigger beast of a metropolis. So it's not about changing London or big cities obviously over time they will change and, 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 you know, quiet spaces will pop up and mental health gyms, hopefully. But it's us that's going to that have to adapt to that.
0: And how do we do that, in your opinion?
1: In, in my opinion, uh, obviously extremely biased because this is kind of what Sanctus does, but I think f- for me, before before even thinking about scientists' stance on it, you know, the, the biggest transformation I have had in my own mental health has been connection with others in some way um, and I say connection with others as, as quite a broad term because for me that that on the one end of the spectrum could mean something like therapy um, you know it could be like weekly two-hour sessions which could feel quite intense and quite thorough and I, and then also I mean connection in you know having a beer with one of your mates and having a real open honest conversation where you feel comfortable to be kind of vulnerable with each other and and for me that's where i've learned the most about myself i feel like i've grown um, uh, the most and they've just been and they've just been like great experiences that kind of like I'll, I'll cherish to be honest so the way i see it is that's where the real transformation happens um within us i've i've tried obviously i big believer in the in how valuable, you know, mindfulness, meditation, journaling, all yoga, all of these other tools can do. Um but to me they they don't quite have the profound effect that connecting with another real human being has. I feel like that's where the biggest step is made. And if I look at, you know, the 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 gym analogy, that's what that's what lifting weights feels like to me. You know, it feels like you can make real shifts Um, or you can see real shifts in in your personality and in in your mental health doing that so um, I think one of the ways that we can adapt and and learn to be more ourselves and become more self aware and empathetic and just generally better versions of of each and every one of us is is kind of through some level of connection and that could be just connecting with a community of like minded people um, or you know or, or doing that through something like coaching or therapy. Um, and obviously that's very much in line with, uh, with what Sanctus does now, because that's, that's kind of what we believe.
0: So tell me a little bit about what you actually do with Sanctus. What is sort of a general Sanctus approach to when you... So you, well, you're a better person to explain than me. Can yeah. You go into a workplace yeah. with, with a coach.
1: So in, initially um, Sanctus was started with just this big sort of like mission statement of we want to create the world's first mental health gym. Um, obviously, big visions of you know real estate on on Shoreditch High Street and, and people going in and doing group sessions or one-on-one sessions or workshops, and that's definitely still a vision that we we re- can really see quite quite clearly for one day. Um, and we started to do that in a small way. We started to run groups in the community, um, which is basically just a safe space for people to come and open up uh, and talk about what was going on for them, impartial, confidential. And kind of facilitated by um a sanctus coach and then what kind of naturally started to happen was that businesses who kind of feel this need really strongly were just like look can can you guys create this space in my business so the way we kind of like to see it now is we almost feel like we're creating pockets of this this mental health gym or this sanctuary in businesses so we'll go into a business We'll, we'll do a series of workshops throughout the business to kind of reframe what mental health looks like to us and talk about it in a really inclusive manner. So it's not just like you've only got mental health if you're depressed. It's like, look, mental health touches us all. You can you can come to Sanctus and, and use the space to talk through your challenges if, if you are in a, space, in, in a place like that. Or if you're just curious and you want to learn more about yourself, go for it as well. Um, and for us, what that safe space looks like is... Is, is is a one on one with a coach, um, and really, it's what the coach does is create that space. They they're impartial, they're confidential. Um, you know, they've got that story that they've been there themselves before, and, and they allow you to be to be open and to be vulnerable. Um, and that's that's the gym for us. You know, the gym is in that. It's in that conversation. It's in that contact with someone else. Um, so we do that across. Load of different businesses in London at the moment. Um, coaches go in for a, a varying amount of a time a month, and you know, a few hundred people at the moment are going to see Sanctus coaches at work, which is really cool. So that basically means that there is people in businesses in London standing up at their desk saying, "I am going to chat to someone about my mental health at work," and they're just walking into a room and doing it, which um, feels like real, real progress. Progress.
0: What's the uh, What's the mental health pledge?
1: Mental health pledge. So I think we realised, obviously, that not every business in the world can have a Sanctus coach in their office uh, once a month or twice a month or once a week or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe they don't want to. Uh, maybe they don't think that works for them or maybe they can't afford or they've not got a budget or they're just too small. So we wanted to do something which we felt like, which we felt could impact a large number of businesses and could be a really low barrier of entry for them to just kind of get started on their mental health journey in their business. So the pledge is, is essentially an intention to um, create a workplace where mental health is supported, conversations around it are accepted and encouraged, and people can kind of bring their full self to work. That's that's what the pledge kind of means in, it, in like a, a one-liner. And then behind that, it's kind of backed up by 10 quite kind of Clear points of what a business is, is is looking to commit to, so that can be anything from insurance covering mental health care to um, physical sick days and mental health days being classed as an equivalent. Um, mental health being talked about in one-on-ones, you know, so really quite uh, quite a prescriptive pledge. Actually, that say you're a young, say you're a small employer and you just don't know where to get started. The pledge is is a good. Yeah, it can be a good way to just just start start the conversation and actually do something about it with like a practical framework. So that's something that yeah, we've got about I think we're on about fifty businesses who've signed it at the moment, which is not bad. And it's something we just want to keep pushing. Um yeah, more businesses signing it and actually creating those environments at work, basically, because that's where everyone spends their time.
0: Okay. I made this uh I was um, reading on your website uh, uh, one of your blog posts about your sort of concept of like growth and where you're going in 2018 mm. and beyond and I, I liked this uh, thing you wrote that our growth is exciting but not to the point where we jeopardise our values yeah and that's, I mean I really liked that but I was wondering sort of how how do you sort of work that into what you're
1: doing? I think, yeah, I think especially, I mean, I touched on before, like, the way that we run our last business. So our, la- our last business um, was was funded with venture capital, so, you know, we'd raised, like, nearly a million dollars, and we were, we were on this path of, like, hyper growth, um, and, and a lot of businesses right now are, are on that path, and that path has, has certainly been kind of, like, um, glorified, I think in in the, in the press, in particular, in the tech press in particular, and I think when we look at Sanctus, we, you know, it really feels like we're building something really precious and really, really special, and we also feel like we've got a lot of responsibility. And I certainly feel that. And, and as the founder, I wouldn't really feel comfortable, sort of building Sanctus in a way that's kind of go big or go home, like to have. Our entire business and our entire community um, at the kind of at the, at the will of an investor writing their next check, let's say, for us to stay in business, really wouldn't feel safe. And you know, we really exist to serve people and their mental health and create the space, the safe space for people to talk about their mental health. I don't want our community and the people that follow us and put their trust in us enough to actually share the things that they've probably never said before to ever think oh shit these guys might be going out of business tomorrow so I think it was really important for us to build Sanctus in like a sustainable and healthy way because that's what we're preaching as well we're preaching for people to you know to not we're not telling them to go slow but we're you know we're, we're trying to tell people to like look you know look after yourself and put yourself first so I think it's important that we do that as a, as a brand and um, and yeah, it just wouldn't feel right for us to, to grow. You know, we don't get me wrong, like I said in that post, we, we're ambitious for this year, as an example, but not to the point where we feel like we're going to stretch and we're possibly going to break. Because, you know, there's this mantra in tech, which is like, move fast and break things. We Breaking something in the world we work in, in mental health, isn't worth the risk. And, and yeah it, it's as simple as that basically uh, we don't want to we don't want to risk breaking anything because it's too important we're dealing with people's lives basically
0: good well thanks thanks for sharing all that I think uh, that's really good do you want to actually tell people what the, the website and some of your social media things yeah
1: are? I, to be <laughs> honest I'd say the best place to yeah. kind of Follow Sanctus is is on Instagram so at Sanctus LDN, uh, Sanctus London on Instagram and that's just a a good place for people to get started, we try and post daily on Instagram, different stories and talk about what we're up to talk about what we're up to with businesses and we kind of share stories of, of people's mental health journeys as well.
0: Great, well thank you very much, I'll definitely keep following you on my journey and yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Well
1: thanks for having me and good
0: luck on yours. So yeah that was James Routledge uh, the founder of Sanctus and uh, yeah I mean I do what he said, go on their Instagram and yeah I, I'd urge you if you have an organisation in London think about getting in touch with them and if not then look at their social media uh, they've got a really good medium page I think it's Sanctus.io and that has lots of really good blog posts around mental health in the workplace, wellbeing in the workplace and yeah a really good resource um, so yeah it's really nice to go down and uh see them there's a lovely bunch of guys that work there there's a few of them and uh, yeah it's really friendly and really welcoming um yeah so to find out more about what i'm doing with ministry of change then go on to my website which is the org. and on there there's links to all my social media uh you can find my medium page with all my wonderful blog posts on there and uh yeah and uh yeah let's just keep co- talking keep the conversation around mental health going just remember everyone has a mental health and lots of people uh, are going through similar things so the more we can talk about them the more we can uh, we can all sort of start to move through them and get a greater understanding of like our sort of collective mental health and um and how we can work better together as a society and uh, then it will be lovely. Okay, thank you very much for listening. And uh, as I mentioned on the last one, um, I'm trying to do a bit at the end of the podcast where I get people's uh, personal stories about mental health. Um, and I'm going to do a little section at the end of the podcast once I have a few of them through, where I'll read out some uh, sort of real-life stories uh, of people's um, sort of experiences with mental health um so you can go onto the website there's a section called share your story and on there you can submit either using your name or anonymously um a short story um relating about about your uh, mental health and then i can um, i'll read them out uh, at the end of the podcast anyway thank you for your time and i will see you again soon